1: Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. I'm your friendly neighbourhood host, Dre Harrison, and welcome to another edition of Hot Takes Wednesday. With me, as ever, is the wonderful Charlie Williams. Hello, Charlie. How's it going?
2: Hello, I'm good. Bit, uh... A bit, bit tired after the uh, busy race weekend that we've just had. but
1: Yeah, a lot, 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 lot of like drips and drabs under the surface, I think <laughs> is the... I mean, on the face of it, it wasn't exactly a classic race, but...
2: No, definitely um, not.
1: But some of the interviews, some of the dialogue, some of the Red Bull discussion actually might make it quite interesting, even though we are probably looking at a two-car championship. Yay, isn't that fun? <laughs> we love dominance round here, whether it's silver, black, or... Blurple. <laughs> no matter blurple. Way, <laughs> I've settled for blurple. I'm not, le- I'm not getting into <laughs> another argument about what colour the red bull actually is. But welcome to another edition of Hot Takes Wednesday, where we ask you, our wonderful WTF1 audience, to send us in your hot takes, and uh, we'll evaluate them on a scale of one to five. One being that we seriously disagree, and five being that we seriously agree. Um, with with your spicy hot takes. And don't forget, if they are a one or a five between the pair of us, they will go into our special end-of-year pot of the hottest and coldest takes of 2023. So we'll see what comes up in this list here. I do know that these are quite Red Bull heavy and quite Max Verstappen heavy, which is understandable, given that it was the main event uh, topic coming off a otherwise... Let's be honest, quite mediocre Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. But that's understandable, but and that's what makes it part of the fun. So Charlie, we ready for our takes Wednesday?
2: I am. Yay.
1: Let's do this. <laughs> Marcin Zygmunt on the top of the pile again with some good stuff, Marcin. I do I do love your takes. Keep sending them in. This is a fun one. Max Verstappen could start from every race on the last place of the grid, and he would still win the championship one more time. Verstappen could start every race from last on the grid and he would still win the championship. Charlie, what do you think of that? Could Max Verstappen win a title if he had to start every race from last? I mean, he started this race from 15th and ended up second, so that's probably quite a good sign, right?
2: Yeah, I think it's really easy to agree with this one because it's Max Verstappen and he's one of the greatest drivers we've ever seen in Formula 1 and we know he loves to climb through the field. But if we're going to look at this from like a a 2023 season perspective because you can't really look at any other. Let's look at it as it is now. Um, I think that that Red Bull is too quick for us to underestimate Sergio Perez if Max were to start from the back of every single race. I mean, you know, like you just mentioned, you only need to look at Saudi. Even though it's a somewhat difficult track to overtake on, it didn't really cause Max many issues. Um, But he didn't manage to catch Checo in the end, and he had to steal that fastest lap for him to stay first in the championship. There are some tracks that I think he would absolutely be able to go from first to last, like Brazil. Um, First to
1: last. I I think you mean last to first.
2: (laughs) Yep, from from last to first. Um, But I do think it would be difficult for him to go on and win the entire championship and keep Checo behind him, points-wise, in the car that they both have right now and are both very comfortable in.
1: It's an interesting one. I, I personally think Red Bull has got about a second a lap on the field at their best if, if saudi arabia showed us anything it was that what could red bull do when their backs are against the wall a little bit because in bahrain they were able to completely dictate the terms of that race there was there's already been talk since then that they had turned their power units down really early on we heard max talking about managing his gearbox It's pretty clear in Bahrain, Red Bull weren't going at 100% of their full capability. Max had to do something a bit nearer to that to get through the field to get to second place in the first place. And once he got there, he didn't really have an answer for Perez. He was a little bit quicker, maybe a temp or 2 in terms of ultimate pace. But it was never consistently enough to give Checo something to worry about. And that's where I think Marsan's take falls apart a little bit. Now, I don't know whether this was just a one-off for Checo, because I think this was only the fourth time he's beaten Max since they became teammates. This is not a consistent performance from Perez from his time at Red Bull, as sad as that is to say, because I like Checo, and I want to see him do well, and that sort of weekend is exactly the sort of weekend that Perez probably needs to do more often to stop people talking about his future. Because one of the big preseason stories was, oh, could they put Ricardo back in there? If Perez has more drives like that, then that will not be an issue whatsoever. The question has always been, can Perez do that more consistently? So I don't know whether what Perez did in Saudi Arabia will be the norm or not. He's a very, very good street circuit driver, Perez. He always has been. Four of his five wins in F1 have come from street tracks as well. So, I think what would happen would be that Max would keep coming through the back and ending up finishing second because Perez would probably have such a large gap over the rest of the cars in behind him that yeah. staff, and by the time he gets to the front of the queue probably hasn't got enough time to make up the difference to Perez. That's exactly what happened here in Saudi Arabia. Whether that would happen every single weekend remains to be seen. But (sighs) my overall thoughts on this is that I disagree. I think Max is the best driver in the world right now. And I think that the Red Bull, I think he could absolutely pull off some wins doing this on certain places. But over a twenty-three race championship, I think doing that, Perez would still probably win thirteen or fourteen races, and that would probably be enough to win him the championship. So I'm going to yeah. say, I'm going to say one on this one actually, because I like I, I I I think Max at his absolute best could win a few doing this, but I don't think he'd win a championship that way. What what do you reckon, Charlie?
2: Yeah, I was going to put it as a one as well because yeah, for those exact reasons, I just I I feel like there's too much from that car to underestimate Checo at this point. Um, I mean, I know this weekend Max was having driveshaft isu- issues again. He felt some vibrations through his car, so that's when he decided not to not to quite push to go for that win. Um, but I mean, he still went for the fastest lap, so. <laughs> I, I, it was probably in between the issues and the pace that he didn't check. Um, he didn't get Checo. So yeah, I I agree. I don't think I think he he definitely win some, but he wouldn't go the whole championship.
1: It goes in the cauldron. The it first, goes in <laughs> the, the first take that's done that so far this Ooh. season where we've both agreed on a one score or a five score. So that goes in the pot of the. Hottest and coldest takes of the year. Congrats, Marcel. To be fair, I was deliberating going two on that. So you're a little bit <laughs> <Me> too. <laughs> you're, you're a little bit unlucky on that one, I think. But I I I think, you know, I, I was on the fence, but I ended up going for one on this one. But still a, a very intriguing four, and I do like that take. Let's go next to, into the pile. And take number two is from Brad Can Do It on Twitter. Hi, Brad. And um, he says. If Lewis Hamilton is serious about winning an eighth championship, the only way to do it is to convince Red Bull to give him Checo's seat and go head-to-head with Max in equal machinery. (laughs) Interesting. I like this. (laughs) One more time. If Hamilton is is serious about winning an eighth title, the only way to do it is to convince Red Bull to give him Checo's seat.
2: There's what do you a lot it? to unpack there. Oh, isn't yeah. There?
1: There's, there a is lot. A, there's a lot to go through here. Charlie, what do you reckon? Um.
2: Okay. Firstly, I have enough faith in Mercedes to be able for them to be able to change that car, fix their car, get a new bloody car. I don't care. If it means that they will be back fighting at the top again, I think they're going to do it. Will it be this season? Probably not. But they've been very open in admitting that they've made a mistake, you know, sticking with the concept that they've got currently and that they had last year. And I think from that, they're not going to make the same mistake again. There will be a significant change in that in that car. And when it comes, I don't know, but there will be. Secondly, I think there's a lot of negativity surrounding Mercedes and Lewis at the moment. He isn't usually the type of driver to drag his team, but he has made some uh, questionable comments <laughs>
1: the The veil has come down a little bit. I <laughs> yeah. think you're absolutely right. I think Hamilton is very diplomatic about how he talks about the team most of the time. We're starting to see the frustration creep in, I think, with Lewis a little bit,
2: yeah. um but and I think that's led to like led people to believe that he's done with Mercedes, that but he wants that eighth and he wants it with Mercedes. I don't think he's leaving anytime soon. Um, thirdly, Checo is doing a good job at Red Bull and although I do think that he may he may have that little bit of doubt at the back of his mind that you know there's a lingering Daniel Ricciardo who would like his seat back on the grid I honestly think that Checo is doing a good enough job to keep his seat within that team um he's doing what he needs to do and that's enough for Red Bull right now um they don't need somebody to come along and start challenging Max that just causes issues and lastly And probably the most important point here, in, in what type of universe do you ever see Lewis Hamilton at Red Bull alongside Max Verstappen? I don't think I even need to explain why or what type of nightmare that would be.
1: Well, yeah, I, I I think a lot of people, especially on social media, who who like Lewis Hamilton, which is a lot of people, he's probably the most popular drive we've ever had in Formula 1, look at Red Bull and look at Christian Horner like he's the antichrist. Um, so, But that's not the take. The take is, if Lewis is serious about winning a title, the only way to do it is to convince Red Bull and but from, he
2: wouldn't go to, he wouldn't go to red bull he wouldn't even try to convince them that's my point
1: see the thing is i think we fundamentally disagree because i think oh. this take is absolutely spot on no like, i think <laughs> i think the way the lay of the land is in formula 1 right now the only way hamilton is winning an eighth title is if he goes to red bull already but don't get me wrong whether he would actually be able to do that I think is impossible because Christian Horner's got no reason to change his driver lineup as far as I'm concerned. But the take itself says is ha- if Hamilton's serious about winning a title, the only way to do it is to convince Red Bull. I agree. Mercedes are not winning the title this year. I'm not even convinced they'd have a shot next year depending on how fast they can turn around an entirely new car concept. And in that time, Red Bull will probably still keep developing what's working for them right now. The goalposts will continually keep moving. So Mercedes having to chase their own tails is going to cost them at least a year, maybe two. And by that point, we're talking about the end of the regulation set anyway, because we've got an entirely new set of regulations in 2026. By that point, Lewis Hamilton's 42 years old. Now, we've seen Fernando Alonso. We've seen Kimi Raikkonen. Guys going into their 40s is a lot more plausible than it probably was, you know, 10, 20 years ago when it was quite rare that a driver would race deep into their 40s. I think with the way the sport is now, with modern nutrition, modern tech, and modern healthcare, I think we're seeing athletes generally go longer into their careers than usual. But Aston Martin are a distant second right now in terms of I think, where their car is at in the field. I think Ferrari are nowhere good at the moment. I think Ferrari are pretty much exactly what they were last year, and that's probably not helping them because Aston Martin's leapfrogged them. And Mercedes, I don't think, are good enough right now and probably won't be for at least another year to have me think that Hamilton will win another title with them until at least a regulation change. And by that point, he might be too old to keep going. I, I absolutely agree with this take. I think that the own this, this, this is going to be, I think this is a one-car championship right now, and I think it could be a one-car championship for the next two or three years. Very similar to what Hamilton's 2014 run of dominance was when the turbo hybrid era started. So with that in mind, I'm saying five. I completely agree with this take. The only way Hamilton's winning a title now is if he goes to Red Bull. I don't think that would ever actually happen.
2: <laughs> I can't entertain it. I can't even entertain the thought that that's that's even a possibility. So for me, I disagree with that because, and, and, and I don't, I don't. I get what you're saying. I get that you know, if he if he if he was able to jump straight into that Red Bull, he would probably then fight for a title with Max Verstappen. But I I, I even think if that if that could happen, that the fireworks between me, between him and Max would be too much for it to even to it to, to even get into his mind that he's going to win that title. So for me. I think I feel like there's too many different confounding factors for me to agree with that.
1: So what number? Two? One. <laughs> Not that it matters because I've gone five, but you know. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm gonna go two, I think.
1: I will say this much. Lewis Hamilton fell out with his best friend of over 15 years when it came to Mercedes, and Nico Rosberg, and feuding for a championship. It is more than possible that you that, that we could see that happen again. People will, like, friendships will die to win world championships in sports. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. But it's a great take. And, I I mean, like, Brad Brad can do it. Well done, because you've actually split the room very effectively (laughs) there. So, well done you on on that one. Next take, number three, from Fan one who says, quote, Oscar Piastri is performing incredibly well as a rookie against Lando Norris and will clearly be the better driver by the end of the season. (laughs) Ah, This is is an amazing take. I love this. One more time. Oscar Piastri is performing incredibly well as a rookie against Lando Norris and will be clearly the better driver by the end of the season. So let's go over to our current McLaren correspondent, Charlie Williams, for why this take has just literally set her on fire.
2: <laughs> okay then. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, why is it every time I come onto this podcast or stream, I end up having to bat for Lando and how defend how great of a driver he is? <laughs> what is what is people's beef with Lando Norris?
1: I don't understand. Because I've always agreed with you. I think Lando <laughs> Norris is a debatable top five driver in F1 right now. Right. So, so yeah. on, on, on that aspect, I've never disagreed with you there. So, <laughs> um,
2: Right, look. Oscar Piastri is very talented. His junior career is pretty much perfect. He went into Formula 3, won it. He went into Formula 2, won it. He had a year off as an Alpine reserve driver in 2022 and then found a full-time drive at McLaren for this season. And he's only 21 years old. I don't dispute that he is very, very talented. But it's also very hard to say if he's performing incredibly well this season because one we're only two races in and I don't think neither of those two races have really been representative for McLaren or the or the battle that there could be between him and Lando but I do think well do I think he's going to be a better driver than Lando at the end of the season no not at all Lando is world championship potential and I haven't seen enough of Oscar to say that about him right now, personally. But I do think that if they can sort this car out and it's reliable, and if both of them don't make any more silly little mistakes, then he could be possibly the best rookie of the year. And I think it would be much closer than what Lando would have been expecting of Oscar. Um, but no, I don't think he's going to completely... Wipe the floor of Lando at the end of this season or at all ever.
1: What, what I was going to say here is that what are you basing this off of? I mean, the, like the one qualifying performance in Saudi Arabia, where don't get me wrong, that was a phenomenal lap from Piastri to get into Q3 and to qualify ultimately eighth on the grid post Leclerc penalty. That is incredibly impressive. And I'm not disputing that for a minute. But Lando Norris's body of work at McLaren is exceptional. Like, he was very close to Carlos Sainz Jr., who was arguably the best midfielder in the field when he joined McLaren in the first place. He absolutely earned the right to go into a top-tier seat at Ferrari by the time he'd left. Daniel Ricciardo comes in, and I think people forget, Daniel Ricciardo's last season when Alpine was called Renault and it was still the burnt banana, was incredible. (laughs) Like, Ricciardo's 2020 was incredible. Outstanding. I think he was a driver of the year candidate that year, in my opinion. He was the best midfield seat runner in F1. He goes to McLaren and, Nor- and Norris slaughters him over two seasons. He basically ended Daniel Ricciardo's career in F1. Like, that's how good Lando Norris is. Now, I'm, I know there's a, an element of McLaren and having difficult cars to drive, that's been a long standing murmur about the state of McLaren but I don't think this is a sudden downturn for Lando Norris at all and I would also agree with Charlie that the sample size is just way too small here McLaren has not had a clean weekend since this season started like Bahrain, we all know it was effectively a double DNF, really. I mean, Gastry's car died early on. Norris's car was clearly not working properly. He was irrelevant in terms of how Bahrain played out. And then, okay, Norris made a driver error in qualifying on 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 Saturday. But then on Sunday, Gasly hits Piastri's wing both cars need a front wing change because Norris is right there as well, getting collected in the in the aftermath. And Valtteri Bottas drove over the rear over, over that piece of front wing and damaged his car too. Gasly like indirectly ruined three people's races <laughs> <laughs> off the first corner. Um, so again, I. I, I t- I've got to go one here on this one. If for no other reason than the sample size is way too small and Lando Norris's body of work is far too good. And this is not a downer on Piastri, who, as Charlie quite rightly says, is a phenomenal talent and has done everything right at a junior level, should never have had to sit out a year before getting an F1 no. seat at all. He should have been in an Alpine straight away. as far as... I'm concerned as a fan I feel like that is that Piastri did everything right as a junior and the politics of the sport got in the way of that but I really don't think he's suddenly going to be better than Lando Norris by the time we get to the end of the season so I'm going to go one on this
2: yeah I'm going to go one too I absolutely agree I do think like I do think that their relationship could be similar to what Carlos and Lando were in terms of off and on track. I think they could be that kind of closeness. But right now, like I say, we just how can we judge that on two very, very unlucky races?
1: Exactly. I think I think the sample size is far too small. Um, and that is why it's going in the pot with Martin's tweet from <laughs> we! earlier. We've got two in there already. Who who who'd afford it? Wow. Um we, we waited a long time, we waited three weeks. Before we had anything in the pot And now we've got two at once Just like London buses, you'll love to see it (laughs) As a
0: Londoner, I I had to get that one in
1: Uh, Mike Haynes with the next take. Uh, Mike Haynes who says, and this is a funny silly season one here, by 2025 Hamilton will be at Ferrari, Leclerc will be at Mercedes, and Lando will be at Red Bull. We are clearing the decks at the top six seats. <laughs> We're going on the magic roundabout here. So by 2025 Hamilton will be in red at Ferrari, Leclerc will be at Mercedes, and Lando will be at Red Bull. Now I know silly season is fun, Charlie. Um, We we love to speculate as as much as anybody. Do you see uh, a big old jumble around of the top six seats by the time we get to 2025?
2: I mean, I'm going to look at this very logistically. By 2025, that's not possible because not everybody's contracts are done. So let me break it down. (laughs)
1: Because <laughs> I know you've written about contract lengths in F1. Am I right in saying that Hamilton's a free agent at the end of the season? Yeah. Right? I think Leclerc's tied down till 2026,
2: I want to say. No, end of 2024.
1: Okay, so he's got another season. So that two one is years.
2: yeah, so that one is possible. And, and then Lando Laurie... is end of 2025.
1: Yeah, and it's technically possible, but
2: it will take
1: a lot of wangling, basically. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I know that we spoke about this... I think we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, me and you, but mm. if there is a clause in that contract of Landos, then McLaren are very, very silly because they know that they won't get another driver like him that has that potential to drive that car. So I'm hoping that they've locked him into that contract as tight as possible for him I'd, not to I'd, leave.
1: I'd, I'd like to think he's irreplaceable
2: at McLaren right now. Yeah, so... We've got to look at this as that he will not be he will not be free until the end of twenty twenty five because otherwise McLaren are very 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 dumb. <laughs> Agreed. So um, Lewis, obviously, he's rumoured to sign a contract that takes him until the end of twenty twenty five as well. So okay, whether you know whether that is true or not, we'll see. Um, but I honestly, I don't think he's going anywhere at least until then. Um, he wants that he wants it with Mercedes. so you know, and then again, so if that stays the same, where does that leave Charles? If his contract runs up out at the end of 2024, where is he going? There isn't anywhere else for him to go. But what we could see happen is that he signs maybe another year and then at the end of 2025, when all everybody's contracts are finished, That's when this real silly season could come into effect. So no, I don't see this happening realistically right now, but like I honestly I can't wait for that time. I mean, 2025 is gonna be a very big year as well, because we've got we've got, you know, changes coming for 2026 as well. So I think contract-wise, that's you know, the end of that year is what we're gonna see all this kind of happen. Could it happen? I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to judge that now because what is Ferrari or Mercedes giving that the other team isn't? Do you know what I mean? Like why would why would Lewis go to Ferrari when they're when they're on equal terms right now, or vice versa, why would Charles go to Mercedes? At the moment, I would say there's nothing between them. So I think it's it's more what we're gonna see over the next couple of seasons that could determine whether that happens and Lando at Red Bull. I hope not because I think he's worth more than being a number two driver. And I, he is my favorite driver and I don't think I could wear Red Bull match for him.
1: Oh, well that, well, that's a good reason as any, (laughs) right? You know,
2: obviously
1: (laughs) I'll tell you, I'll tell you how I feel about it. I, I, I can't get there on this one for the most part. Leclerc, I genuinely think that Leclerc might be a Ferrari lifer. I think he's got a lot of emotional uh, I think he's got a lot of emotional connection to Ferrari, the Jules Bianchi affiliation, um the fact that he was prepared to sign a 5-year contract in the first place with Ferrari says to me that I think he's incredibly loyal to that brand. I can't envision him driving for another brand anytime soon. So I look at that. I still think there's a bit of a golden goose about Hamilton eventually driving a Ferrari. Ferrari love their big name showpiece driver. They always have from Kimi Raikkonen to Sebastian Vettel to Fernando Alonso. They love having that big show, that big showpiece look at what we have sort of driver. And I think that's been the one that's always gotten away is that they've never had Lewis Hamilton drive for Ferrari. And I think, I think Ferrari would certainly try. The problem is they've just given Carlos Sainz a two-year extension. So I don't think that's going to happen now. I think Ferrari's pretty much now committed to their current set of drivers now to the end of 2024. So I can't get there. I think Lando to Red Bull is inevitable. I think that will happen at some point. I think... <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness, thank goodness Charlie's mic didn't entirely pick up her screaming into the void <laughs> as I said that. But I I think it'll get to a point where Lando will realize he is too good for what McLaren is delivering and a top team will come knocking. I just don't think it'll be Red Bull. I think it'll be Mercedes. I think it'll be Mercedes when Hamilton decides to hang it up. When that will be, I don't know. But I think it's inevitable in my opinion, that I think Lando will end up in a Mercedes at some point. I'm not going to go one. I'm going to go two on this one because I still think Ferrari will certainly make some sort of attempt to bring in Lewis Hamilton at some point. Um, I think that is one of those elusive golden carrots to Ferrari that they will absolutely try before he retires to get Hamilton in one of their cars. Don't think it will ever happen. But this is why I'm going two rather than one But uh, I'm going to go two on this take What do you reckon, Charlie?
2: Yeah, I'd probably agree with you as well Because there are there Even though it, it logistically can't happen by 2025 There are points that could happen Along, you know, different different seasons So, um, yeah, I think a two And I agree I think that Lando will be at Mercedes when Lewis retires Not Red Bull Agreed um, but we can only we can only hope.
1: I think Red Bull got put off once they were talking to him, and then and then he signed. Yeah, he said f- no. A, he signed another yeah. three-year extension at McLaren, which I mean, okay, Lando, if, the, if 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 you're that committed, then more power to you. Um, so good luck to him on that one. Tony Driver on Twitter, because I'm not reading out that username. That is a whole bunch of numbers. Uh, L1234S, etc. But we'll go with Tony. Hi, Tony. Um, his <laughs> his take reads as such. With Max being hard to control, it's more likely that Danny Rick will replace Verstappen rather than Perez mid-season. <laughs> 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 I'm, uh, let's, can I take this one right now? I'm, I'm I'm taking this one straight away. This is this okay. is a, this, this is a one, and I <laughs> and I and I will tell you why this is a one. Do you know how much heaven and earth Red Bull had to move to get Max Verstappen here, where he is right now in the first place? <laughs> they snagged him when he was still in karting as a baby, basically when he was fourteen. The reason he got into F1 as a 17-year-old was because they were offering him a race seat at Toro Rosso and Mercedes wasn't. They essentially ended Daniil Kvyat's career to get him in the Red Bull seat straight away. And I still think to this day, and this is a little bit of conspiracy theory, but I will say this. I think his camp was kicking up a stink that he wasn't getting the Red Bull seat and that the very easy way of moving him up there was when Kivyat had that huge crash in Russia. I think that was a very convenient alibi to swap him and Stappen around. Because I remember Kivyat was already on the podium that year in China. Because that was the infamous time he had, a, he had a fight with Sebastian Vettel in the podium box before they got on the podium. I remember that. It's when it's where the rocket nickname started, or the, the torpedo nickname, I should say. <laughs> right? Red Bull has butchered careers, moved heaven and earth, (laughs) and built this entire team around Max Verstappen for the last six or seven years. They are not going to move him aside because he's fallen out with Sergio Perez. It's just not going to happen, okay? Verstappen is the best driver in the world right now, in my humble opinion, and unfortunately, Red Bull has created this monster. Like, there, it is. I told, I said it on the race review podcast with Harry, and I'm going to say it again here. Christian Horner is basically Dr. Frankenstein. They have created a monster. He is an incredible talent, but now it has gotten to a point where he is virtually unmovable because he's too good. He's won, you've like 36 Grand Prix for your team and two world titles. Like, at this point, if, if there is a fallout between their two drivers, which you will see, and I talk about this a little bit on video on the WTF1 YouTube account tomorrow, so do look forward to seeing that. I had to get the plug. Had to, had to get the plug in. <laughs> um, but if it, if it comes to those two drivers beefing, they are not going to pick Perez over Max. Max is uncontrollable at this point, and we've seen more than enough evidence of that. With, with Brazil last year and now this again where he went the fastest lap at the end of Saudi Arabia Max is untouchable in, in in my opinion you you cannot touch with him now you like he he's you can't move him you can't bench him he's got too much authority in that team now so for me this is a hardcore one how, how do you feel about it Charlie I
2: mean yeah whatever this person has been taken I want some of it like never in a million years would that happen. If this happens, I would actually I would get a Red Bull tattoo, like oh, wow. a logo with a three next to it, tattooed on my ankle. If this ever happens, so now it's you know it's it's in it's in it's in this podcast. You can hold me to this now, but that's how certain I am about this not happening. It's well, short on second thought, now
1: you said it. <laughs>
2: It's short and sweet for me. I it's a hard disagree. It's a one. I don't even think that they'll replace Perez midseason, let alone Max, Max Verstappen. So there we go. I
1: I've I I, I, can't, I don't understand where people think Perez has been so bad for Red Bull that he that he prompts an immediate midseason replacement. Like I, I've never understood this notion. No. Like, like I, I think it's crazy that people are even making this suggestion. Like, Perez is a very good driver who can belong in that top six. Verstappen is just the freak. It's it, there's levels to this, <laughs> and yeah, like I think if there was ever a it's him or me level feud in that Red Bull camp, who is picking Sergio Perez over Max Verstappen? Mm-hmm. No one, no one, no one with a reasonable state of opinion, in my in in at least for me, will will go into that for me. So, yeah, uh, hardcore one, it goes in the pot. We've had three, look at this today, we've had three ones in this in in this book. That's actually, I'm actually quite surprised at that. Funnily enough, (laughs) um, we got one more, it's from Alexander Pitt at Taking the Pit, and they've said. Uh, Alonso will win a race this season before Hamilton gets a podium. Wowie. Um <laughs> Alonso will win a race this season before Lewis Hamilton gets a podium. Charlie, what do you reckon what do you reckon on that one?
2: I actually believe that this could happen. I mean, you know, we've seen back to back podiums for Aston Martin and Fernando Alonso already this season. Um, and that's already something that I did not have, have on my twenty twenty three F1 bingo card, but they've made it happen. Um that Aston is very quick, possibly I mean, I would you would you agree the second quickest car on the grid right now?
1: Probably. Yeah, I'd say so.
2: And although I don't think that, that I don't think that Mercedes is god awful, but it's not great either. And you know, it's after Bahrain last last year. It took Lewis like another seven races to get back on the podium, and I think those seven races give Alonso a bigger a big enough gap to go for the win. And even though that Red Bull is ridiculously quick and could win every race, it would hang a lot on one reliability and two the drivers not getting into any trouble with any you know crashes or against each other as well um that those small mistakes that could prove costly to their races and i think it's in those situations where alonso will try and take those opportunities to win so yeah i think we could see it and it would be incredible as well i'd be very very happy for him i disagree do you
1: <laughs> i disagree with you on this one charlie i i think there's a much greater chance hamilton gets on the podium before Alonso wins a race. And this is partly because Red Bull is so dominant and Sergio Perez completely dictated the terms of that Saudi Arabian race without Verstappen's influence. I mean, Alonso was 25 seconds back by the time that race was over. Like, you need something to happen to both Red Bulls, realistically. Which Which is
2: plausible, though. This is Formula One. Anything can happen.
1: I think it's far more likely that Hamilton gets on the podium. I mean, George Russell would have finished on the podium in Saudi Arabia this past weekend if it wasn't for the back-and-forth on Alonso's was it a penalty, you know, did did the jack hit the light, what counts as work on a car, nonsense in the pits, whatever you want to describe it, essentially. That was a Merckx on the podium at that point. And I don't think, I think there is a greater chance of Mercedes beaten a- beating Aston Martin on track to finish third in a race that one loose podium spot because I just don't I don't like to assume mechanical retirements are going to happen let alone two of them happening to rebel in the same race I just don't think that's going to happen personally so I think there's a much greater chance that Hamilton finishes third in a race instead of Alonso straight up winning I, that's my logic. I feel like, in terms of what's more likely to happen, I think a Merckx podium is far more likely than an Alonso win. So for me, I'm going to say two. I just dis- I don't. I don't strongly disagree because I think there is. A- there's absolutely a chance that Alonso could win a race. I mean, yes, there is always the F1 clause of anything can happen. <laughs> They could hit each other on a star or something funny like that. And Red Bull have had some reliability blips here and there in the last couple of years. Um, But I think Hamilton getting on the podium is far more likely. So I'm going to say two. What do you reckon, Charlie?
2: His comments recently have just really worried me in the sense that he doesn't, you know, I think at, at one point over the Saudi weekend, he said he needed to pit because he doesn't feel safe in that car. And, you know, he's not comfortable. And for me, I think that's what edges it for me. I don't, if he doesn't feel comfortable in that car, then how is he going to fight Aston Martin for that podium? So I think that's what clears it for me. So I'm going to go with four. Okay.
1: Interesting. Uh, we'll keep tabs on that one as well because <laughs> yeah. because that is that is an interesting one. It's a great take and great takes from everybody that's sending them in. So thank you to everyone who's sending them in on our WTF1 Twitter account. You can follow us there at WTF1 Official. Uh, we'll be back to preview the Australian Grand Prix next week. But that was Hot Takes Wednesday. Um, thanks to Charlie as ever for joining us. I've been Dre Harrison. Thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you guys soon. Hour. Bye now.
2: Bye.